All right, Mark chapter 1, starting with verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he had to get into a boat and sat in it, sat, sat in it on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears, let him hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others gathered around him and asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seeds along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown in rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution come because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, And the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown in good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. 30, 60, or even a hundred times what was sown. Cheers. All right. Um, So this is is like one of Jesus' most complex sermons um, because it has like... All the all the all the parables have like multiple meanings. Um, like it, they mean different things. But this is uh, in that like you tell a story, and one of the purposes of telling a story is that like it, it hits different people in different ways, and they receive different things from it. But with Jesus on this particular one, this is like very very rare for Jesus. He actually tells you what he wants you to pick up from it, and the way that he shares what it is that's going on shows that he's looking at it. Um, from a very, and he, he wants you to pick up like different layers of things that are going on. So it's not just meant to be received in one way when he gives the explanation. There's actually a, a few different things that are happening. Um, so I think the one thing that we, we have to start with is in verse 11. He says, he told them the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. So what would the obvious question be here? What's the secret? So, what's the secret? Jesus. Sort of. That's sort of the answer. It's not completely the answer, but you're, on, you're sniffing around the right thing. What's the secret of the kingdom of God? If you have an idea, you can throw it out. Don't. Go ahead. Right here it says the farmer says the word. I want to say the word. 
the word that has something to do with it. It's okay. Don't, don't worry if you might be wrong or not. Throw out some ideas. What's the secret? That it's already there. That is really close. You're like right on the brink of it. So we've got Jesus. We've got the word. Something is being said. And that this thing, the secret of the kingdom, is that it's already there. We're almost there. Yes, you have access to the kingdom by who? Jesus. Jesus. So that's like, what's the secret of the kingdom that Jesus is talking about? That this thing I'm talking about, you can get into. Like that there is now nothing that separates you from everything that I'm talking about. Like all the parables, all the teaching, all the healing, all the everything, there is nothing that separates you. So like when it says over and over and over again that Jesus came to preach the good news of the... Kingdom, the good news of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom, the gospel is simply this, that through Jesus, you have access to the kingdom. And without Jesus, you don't. That's the secret. It's like a fascinating little passage right here. No one's like, what's the secret? Like Jesus is literally talking about secrets. And he's saying like some people have been given the secret and some people haven't. And he's looking at these guys and are like, and I'm saying that in a gender neutral way, um, you've got it. And they know what it is that he's talking about. So this is actually essential for us as disciples, particularly if, like, if that's the central message of Jesus. And he, it's so central that he's like, I'm telling you that this is the key to unlocking everything. And he's like, some people know the secret, some people don't. It's really important that like, we plumb the depths of what that secret is and what it means for us. We have access to the kingdom. So we should really spend lots of time talking about what is this thing we even have access to? Because according to Jesus, like, it's the thing that some people have been given and some people haven't. Like, that's, that's literally what he's saying. It's, I'm just not, like, making this crap up. <laughs> um, all right, so the parable itself. Um, there is there's a lot going on here uh, that I think is, that is helpful for us to, like, maybe look at from a couple of different ways. Um, the word that is sown, the, the word that it's specifically talking about, is a very broad understanding of word. So it can mean gospel, like the gospel is proclaimed. You have access to the kingdom through Jesus. Um, it's the word of God. So like the Bible is sown out. That would be a kind of word. Um, it's the acts of God. So like good things that God is doing. So when you are exposed to testimonies of the way that God is breaking in, that's the word. Like, it's, it's the words of the kingdom, which can be like the actual like fabric of that kingdom, like the word of God, the actual person that gives you access to the kingdom, which would be the words of Jesus. So he's speaking to you. He's still speaking to you today. That would be words of the kingdom. It would be words about the kingdom, like the ways in which like the people of God are experiencing the breakthrough of the kingdom itself. It's everything relating to the kingdom is the word that is talked about in this particular passage. Does that make sense? Um, Now, the word that is going into the hearts is referring to different kinds of people, not just one kind of person. It's sometimes it's like people who know Jesus and are disciples of Jesus and people who don't. It's actually everyone. Like everyone can find themselves in this parable because I recognize that I can be a disciple of Jesus and the word of the kingdom can be sown in my heart and there are times where I am that last, that last seed, right? Where it says, 
Like seeds sown on good soil, he'll hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. 36 or even 100 times it was sown. I'm sometimes that seed. I am also sometimes the seed that falls on the rocky soil or the thorny soil or the soil that had, like, it's just a path and the birds are coming up and snatching it. Like, I'm, I can be all of those different things. It can also mean, like, there are different kinds of people who don't know Jesus, who aren't yet in covenant relationship with the Father. And the way that the gospel hits them, because that's one of the kinds of words of the kingdom, is that, like, there's something that the Holy Spirit is doing, but then, like, it's choked out, or it's snatched up, or that, like, so it's, it's talking about all different kinds of circumstances. Um, and so what I want to say, I want to talk in two groups real quickly. One is the way that this parable reflects on people who, who aren't in covenant relationship with Jesus yet and don't have access to the Father yet and those who do. So first, the people who don't, as we think about like the word that is sown, like the good news of the gospel, it talks about the ways that different, like the word hits people in different ways. Some people like it, it like it bounces off of them like Teflon. So it hits the, it hits the path and immediately it's snatched up. Um, for some, it's like, that's interesting. That's, that's interesting. Like, and th- th- they'll toy around with it, um, and they'll think about it, and they'll have questions and interesting conversation, but it's not going anywhere. Like, they're just dealing with it on a surface level. And so, like, when it says rocky soil that it's talking about there, it's talking about a very particular kind of soil. They would use um, almost like gravel um, it's not. It's a little bit bigger than gravel, but they would use gravel, um, and they would have dirt in it, and it was a way of irrigating. So, like the the water would flow out really easily. It wouldn't create like cesspools or standing water. Um, it, but so you had enough dirt that a plant could sprout, but not enough dirt that it would grow. So it would grow to a little bit, and then it would just die. Like the sun would bake it, and it didn't have the ability to get water versus like the amount of sunshine that it was taking, so it would kill it. So there are times where like you have, there are people who they love talking about this stuff. Like they love talking about spirituality, they love talking about Jesus, love talking about the Bible, and it is a complete waste of time. Not, I'm not saying like, don't spend time with them. I'm just saying like, you just recognize that when you see, like it will only be surface level for them unless something desperately changes. And the only thing that can change that is God. So no amount of like back and forth arguing apologetics or whatever, whatever, like it doesn't change that. The surface of their heart is gravel. And so like it's just going to be surface level. That's the only way they want to deal with it. Um, you've got the thorns where it actually does something. Um, but what happens is that immediately like it is choked because like there's so many, what it's talking about is there are so many different things competing for what it is that's going to be like the thing that they orient their entire life around. So it's like, yeah, I want, like, I love this idea about Jesus, but I also really like money and I also really like stuff and I also really like sex and I also really like Netflix. And I also, like, there are all of these things that are the idols of our life that compete for our affections. And eventually, as Jesus says, one of those things is going to win out. Like Jesus in the previous chapter has just said like, eventually... You can only have one master, and Jesus will be the master to no one. And so it's going to get choked out. And then finally, you've got like good soil. It grows deep. Um, The interesting thing is however tall you grow, like when you think about a plant, is how deep your roots can grow. 
And so like the further you dig into like the soil of the kingdom and the further you dig into that relationship with the Lord, the more mature that you will grow. Does that make sense? Um, as it relates to like the person who's, who's coming to know Jesus for the first time. I think if we're going to broadly look at something in that first group of people, this is what we should see. Um, that there are, like, there are people who are, like, ev- there, I'm trying to think the exact way to put it. Um, there is, there is good soil, but there is not good soil everywhere. Um, so so what, what this essentially means are each of you have people in your life um, that you desperately want to come to know the Lord. Um, your wanting of them to come to know the Lord does not mean that they're open. Um, you, there might be someone like that you, that you, like you've been praying for forever. It could be your neighbor. It could be a coworker. It could be, hopefully it's not me, Toya, but, <laughs> but like there, like there are, there's different kinds of soil. And the thing that we just saw Jesus say is like that they may be ever he- seeing, but never perceiving. They may be ever hearing, but never understanding. Like, do you have eyes to see the different people in your life, what kind of soil they are? Because like you could spend 90% of your time and energy and resources in prayer life on people who are just the path. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be friends with them. You shouldn't invest. You shouldn't sow seeds. I am saying you should do that. That's the point. The point is that you sow seeds everywhere, but that you would have eyes to see Like, where is it actually taking root? Because there are tons of people, tons of people who are open. Like, we are not lacking for people who are open to the gospel. What we are lacking is people who have eyes to see who's open. So Jesus is like, hey, look, the fields are ripe for a harvest, but what are we lacking? Workers. Good workers. Workers who can see where there's actual openness or not. So like, there's always openness to the kingdom, but there's not openness everywhere and in everyone. Like that's one aspect of this parable that's really, really important for us to understand. Um, because every time like we spend significant, significant amounts of time just like hoping and willing, but what is essentially saying, like I believe that by, by force of my will, I will open them up. Um, what we're doing is there are people who are open because the Lord has opened them that we aren't attending to. And we have the ability to open up no one. Like, I don't have, like, I don't have it in me to make Kimball open to the gospel. Jesus does. I don't. What I need to be like, and so as much as Kimball might be closed to the gospel, me just like hammering on him and spending more time doesn't make him more open. The only thing that makes him open is the father opening him. And so we, again, this is like a, this is like a harsh thing for us. Like, cause suddenly it feels like we're talking about people as if they're like targets or something. They're not like, because again, the, the parable starts with, we sow seeds everywhere. We are not like the way that Jesus says, like, look, freely you've been given to. So freely we give. So we sow seeds everywhere, but we are also paying attention to where those seeds land and how they land and where they're taking root. Does that make sense? So that's bucket one. Bucket two, which I'll go significantly shorter on. 
um, is the way in which like all of those seeds hit us. Like, so let's say we are people who do know Jesus. We are disciples of Jesus, but we have hearts that one of the things that the, the scriptures show is that like, even as we've come from death to life, parts of our heart are still becoming more alive every day. Um, and some parts of our hearts are becoming more numb. Um, so sometimes like we are that pathway. What's, what's, I think, important for us to see, like Jesus is using a very specific metaphor with the path. Um, he tells a story in Luke and he talks about how like the, the, very, like, the thing that is snatching the, uh, the seeds off the path are what? Do you remember? Birds. birds. Um, in, in, in Jewish stories, birds always, always, always represent um, dark spirits. They always represent that. And a path like, is, is something that is carved off by, by someone walking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, like from a house to a well, a house to a well. So like nothing is growing there because it's always getting stepped on. There are places in your life where no matter, because of like a very habitual pattern of sin, you are walking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And no matter what good news of the kingdom for transformation and freedom and liberty and release is sown onto that, because you choose to just walk back and forth and back and forth in that sin, it is an open opportunity for anything to come and snatch it. Because you are the one who is actually creating the, the path for like evil to be present in your heart. Does that make sense? Like it's, it's there because you've carved the path. And so like the, op- the good news of Jesus is that you don't have to walk that path anymore. Like th- that seed would actually make its way into a crack in the path. And that you would have the power through the Holy Spirit not to walk in it anymore. Um, and, and eventually, it's like what, what happens with habitual sin is this: like we are eventually becoming, we eventually become numb to like that's just the way that it is. I'm just gonna do it. Jesus loves me. Oh well. And what that reveals is the hardness of the path and the hardness of our heart. Does that make sense? Yeah. You think about like the, the, the parts of our heart where we, where, where are the places where it's just gravel and it's really, really, it's just, there's gravel and there's a little bit of soil. Like where are the places where like we just don't really feel like going deep? We're like, I'm, I am more than happy to just say surface level in this part of my life when it comes to faith. I don't want to go deep because going deep would actually cost me some things. I like staying surface level. Where are the places in our life where it's like that? Are there places in our life where, like, there are competing realities? Maybe it's time. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's a very particular relationship. Um, Maybe it's the way that we think about calling or work or all sorts of different things. Like, where because of, like, thinking about the thorns, like, we have competing things for our affection and for our attention. And Jesus is saying, I will not be a slave to anyone. Like, I conquered death, hell, sin, and the grave for a reason. And one of those things is I will, like, I've put everything under my feet. Everything is subject to me. And I'm not going to compete with, like, Netflix. 
Not in the sense that, like, you can't watch Netflix, but in the sense that at some point, like, maybe we shouldn't watch seven hours a day of Netflix. Like, maybe binge-watching has taken over. And I'm not saying that is for any of you. I'm just saying it's a good example of how you can, anything that you can, like, anything can be turned that's good can be turned into, like, obsessive, and it can take over. So anytime we make a good thing a great thing, that's called an idol. So, like, having a spouse, if you're married, that's a good thing. But you can turn that into, and suddenly, like, all of my affection, all of my will, all of, like, my identity, all of my everything comes from this person. Like, that's not what a spouse is for. That You can do that with a girlfriend, you can do that with a boyfriend, you can do that with a friend, you can do that, like, I can come from anything. Whenever we make a good thing a great thing, and Jesus is saying, I will not, I will not be a slave to anything. But also in, in each of us, there are places where like we are very, very fertile soil. And so what would it look like to attend to that really well? Because this, this is one of the things, like this is just a little piece of wisdom that I would give you. Um, the places that are most naturally fertile soil in your life will oftentimes provide the means for you to see breakthrough in the places in your life that aren't fertile. So like there are things that like just you naturally like, have such a rich spiritual life with, with the Lord. Those, those easy places will oftentimes be the places where the Lord can use to give you places of breakthrough in the harder spots. I can keep going on this parable, but we need to stop. Um, it's a really, 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 really rich parable. Um, but this is, this is where I'll end. This is what Jesus says in verse 13. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Um, what Jesus is introducing is a, is a fundamental aspect of life with Jesus. And I, I've, I've probably said this more times um, than you can count at this point in your time with me, and you are sick of it. If you don't have eyes to see or ears to hear, which is like the central narrative of this parable, and how Jesus introduces it, that they would be ever seeing, but never perceiving, ever hearing, but never understanding. If we don't have eyes to see what God is doing, like we can't get, we can't get any of it. A central aspect, if not the, like the grounding place, the foundation of life with Jesus and life of a disciple is like having enough sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that we know what he's doing, what he's up to, what he's saying. And so Jesus is like, if you can't get that, you're not going to understand any of the rest of the parables, any of the rest of the sermons, any of the rest of the things that I'm doing. Because that's the baseline foundation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so like this is like this is this is huge. And that like we see Jesus talking about like, you have the secret. And like you get it, but other people don't get it. And so like this is a big piece in the book of Mark. And what you're going to see is it's, it's an introductory piece. And you're going to start seeing these ideas that he introduces. And this like 13 verses, excuse me, these 20 verses here, it's going to get woven through the rest of the book of Mark. Like this is in many ways, like if you think about like, it's like glasses that you put on. And when you put them on, you see what's happening. And that's what this parable is in the book of Mark.